It's really interesting. I would say the majority of it, um, well, probably at least half of it, has come directly from teaching classes. Okay. So I'm involved with General Assembly. They have an office in Denver. Um, they have them all over the globe. I teach a lot of their, since we went online, I teach a lot of their um, classes based out of headquarters as well. So I'm usually teaching like one to two classes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, you know, certainly being in person, also talking on panel events when they're able to host them. So that's driven a lot of it. Um, but when you think about why, right, and I think it's always good to think not just where is where is business coming from, but why is it coming from there? Yeah. Um, when I think about why, it's because, well, those classes are packed with exactly the kind of people who I built my business around. Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO of Mission Suite. And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestorm. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business-to-business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small business owners, salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at www.themissionsuite.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Morton Design Co. Morton Design Co. is a collaborative, creative studio based in Denver, Colorado. They help businesses tell their unique story through thoughtful strategy and kick-ass design. Their aim is to give small to medium-sized businesses the visual impact of their larger competitors. Specialties include brand identity, logo development, and print design. Visit mortondesignco.com to learn more. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. We are here today with uh, Christy LaPlante. And super excited to have you. Hi, excited to be here. Sweet. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read your bio that you sent me. Sure. And, and then you can add in any additional things that you want to, uh, you know, that I, that I missed or screwed <laughs> up, you know, in, in the reading here. So, um, all right. So uh, Christy spent 17 years in marketing and 15 in digital marketing and technology infrastructure, designing or building integrated systems and marketing plans for some of the world's largest brands, uh, Nestle, Samsung, Disney. You may or may not have heard of any of those. Um, <laughs> recognized nationally in 2015 as one of the top marketing women to watch by Luxury Daily Magazine. Um, she's working on a book called From Strategy to Intent to help businesses navigate the more intuitive and personal landscape that technology ironically enabled, and founded uh, Insight DCS LLC in 2018, a marketing and business technology partner designed to set up uh, small business, uh, small and medium businesses for success through technology-enabled operations and marketing. Yeah. Sweet. I think you got it. Awesome. You're, you're a good reader. So keep it up. <laughs> I, uh, very impressive talent that you've got there. Yeah. Hey, you know, these days, it's... Uh, that's, that's very true. <laughs> I, I think the... Um, uh, what was the, the the book fairs? Remember those when we were kids? And yeah. they, you know, oh, I love those. Yeah, you could like go and peruse. That was like a big day at school. You know, and why well, you got it? to get out of class for right, like totally, you know, yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. Honestly, we had to go to the library too, right? So like, why were we so excited when we had to buy the books? Yeah. And right. less excited when they made us go during class to, re- to read a free totally. book. Yeah, it's because weird. we got to spend mom and dad's money. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think and is what it came down to. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, I don't know, did you guys school do this where 
where they had like uh, a point system where if you read a hundred books, you'd get like a Pizza Hut yeah. gift card yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. I have not thought about that until this moment. I was yeah. just talking to a friend of mine about that. No kidding. Last week. And I said, man, because I've been doing a lot of reading during COVID, and I said, man, I really want someone to give me a free little pizza right. for putting in this effort. And I love that you just brought that up yeah. out of nowhere. A lot, a lot yes. of kids uh, did not have that incentive in a show. Oh, <laughs> oh you're right. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. Not nearly enough Pizza Hut for five-year-olds anymore these days. Right. You know? I mean, maybe, you know, you got to go to, like, Mad Greens or something now. Yeah, so. right. Yeah. 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 Um, well, super excited to have you. And, uh, you know, before we started recording, you had just mentioned about, you know, you started your business in 2018 and uh, you have gotten like 99% of your business from referrals. So, yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. And it's, it's, thanks. Um, it's, it blows my mind every day. Um, and it's not for lack of trying to get business elsewhere. I think it's just, honestly, there's, um, there's something really genuine and, truthful and kind of trustworthy about referral marketing that mm -hmm. people gravitate towards. And so it, it just kind of worked out that way so far. And I roll with it. So after seeing that, I've been in business um, for myself for two years and seeing that pattern emerge and seeing how, you know, like I ran a couple of, you know, digital campaigns, like Google search ads, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, and they did okay. I got a couple inquiries, but not like those really good, you know, bites that you that you want to get that yeah, are going to yeah. turn into good conversations minimally and ideally a client. Um, but just seeing that difference, it's, you know, I just ended up putting all my eggs into this, you know, more conversational basket, even if it was technically a cold call, it was just you know, Google the heck out of someone and stock their LinkedIn until you figure out something that's really genuine and meaningful that you can really, you know, kind of see how you can be helpful yeah. and then having a legit conversation. But um, even with those efforts, I've gotten about maybe two or three clients in two years on that method of trying to be more personal for a kind of cold, if you will, calling situation. Yeah. Um, but most of it's come, yeah, entirely from referral. Um, and for me, usually that means, you know, teaching digital marketing classes around town, mm -hmm. podcasts like this. I actually got a client off of the last podcast that I did. So Sweet. that was really fun. Nice. Yeah. So it's Bar's just, been set. Yeah, right. I know, exactly. right? right? Now we know what we <laughs> no got to hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got to turn on the marketing machine for this. Yeah, thing. right. Exactly. You hear well, that, listeners? Help. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so when, uh, when you think about those clients, are they, are they coming from, um, you know, referrals from people that, you know, you know, from previous jobs, are they people that, um, you know, you have had contact with in the past through some other, you know, club or organization or referrals from clients? I know that's a lot. I just, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a great question. So it's, it's really interesting. I would say the majority of it, um, well, probably at least half of it, has come directly from teaching classes. Okay. So I'm involved with General Assembly. They have an office in Denver. Um, they have them all over the globe. I teach a lot of their, since we went online, I teach a lot of their um, classes based out of headquarters as well. So I'm usually teaching like one to two classes a week. Mm -hmm. um, and here, you know, certainly being in person, also talking on panel events when they're able to host them. So that's driven a lot of it. Um, but when you think about why, right, and I think it's always good to think not just where is where is business coming from, but why is it coming from there? Yeah. Um, when I think about why, it's because, well, those classes are packed with exactly 
the kind of people who I built my business around to serve. So what Christy's talking about here is a really interesting uh, concept and I'm going to, you know, kind of take a couple of liberties with it. But um, what she's talking about is, you know, expanding your network through teaching. And what I love that she's done is she's really, she has a well-defined ideal client profile and she's made sure to get all those folks in one room together and then she does her uh, teaching presentation. And that's where she's been able to develop a lot of relationships with uh, future clients. And so it's, um, it's a prospecting activity, but it's a very defined and targeted prospecting activity that will eventually, st- it starts a relationship with those people that she is able to sort of parlay into uh, a bigger relationship and eventually deals. So I think it's a really smart way to approach things, especially nowadays. You know, I agree. And I mean, at the end of the day, networking is all about dropping yourself in the middle of a pool of targeted people, right? Of specific people that can either help you grow your business, like other service providers, if you're a service provider, consultants, if you're a consultant, whatever the case may be. Um, Or in this case, you know, uh, directly with her client base and with the people that would be engaged with them, right? Because Mm -hmm. there are going to be people that in her case want to learn about marketing for, uh, for some reason and or for, for, you know, for, for in some way, shape or form rather. And, uh, and in order to do that, they're going to sit with her. And even if they're not the direct client, the direct client, they have the ability to make those connections more often than not, because they are the one who's been tasked with kind of learning more about this. Not so just where is, where is business coming from? But why is it coming from there? Yeah. Um, when I think about why it's because, well, those classes are packed with exactly the kind of people who I built my business around to serve, which is small, sometimes medium business owners, but usually small businesses, startups. And those are the people taking those classes who are saying, Hey, I developed this product. I want to launch it. Maybe I got recent, you know, early investment. I don't know anything about marketing. I know this technology stuff, like the back of my hand, but I don't know marketing or I know this product. I don't know marketing. And so um, it just aligns really well showing up there with the kind of things that that I want to talk about. Um, Outside of that, though, I think it's um, it's definitely been, you know, more of an effort of. Again, like I said earlier, like just trying to find like meaningful ways to connect with people. Otherwise, it was really funny when I started my business. That was the first question people asked me was related to that question you just asked me, which was like I literally I was at Oracle. I was senior director level. I was at these big companies, uh, Merkel Agency, now Dentsu Aegis Network. And so when I left, you know, when I was there, all of my clients were big, you know, global or national brands, Mm -hmm. minimally, right? And based in Colorado, no, no way, right? They were based all over the place. Yeah. And my team was even based all over the place. Like the people I worked with and the people I managed were all over. So I was very used to being remote, um, but I was very used to this, you know, like I was working with these huge enterprises and I intentionally said, I want to go into business helping the little guy because mm-hmm. technology makes the same things they do accessible to everyone. It's just how many zeros you put at the end of your budget when you're marketing it. Right. So I really wanted to do that. And, and so obviously it's a clientele. It's very different than all of these people I'd built a great network with over the years. And so when I, you know, when I left, when I quit my job and I said, all right, it was actually January 1st, 2019, when I was like, I'm all in on this. I had the LLC for about a year at that point, but I was like, I'm all in. 
full time. This is my new gig. And the first question people ask usually professionally was, well, you have like this book of clients you're going to take with you. And I said, no, <laughs> right. They're, they're just not the right people that I'm targeting. And they're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, family mostly like your parents are going to ask you, like, well, you have money saved up. Right. And they're all like, kind of worried. And I would just be like, nope, don't have that either. Right. By the way, just... can I borrow some money? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really more of like a wing and a prayer. So I had to learn really fast how to, you know, I'd always been in sales enablement roles. Okay. Um, usually being the SME in a room, you know, the subject matter expert that someone's calling in to talk, you know, kind of translate, you know, like the business problem into our solution. Um, and I did that for many years. And so it was my first kind of foray into being purely, you know, I have to drive all my sales myself mm-hmm. and just really gravitated towards those like familiar conversations, even with unfamiliar people. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So how did you get your first client? Where did that first client come from? It actually did come from a class that I was teaching. Um, And that was kind of, it was more the straw that broke the camel's back. I had so many students come up to me after classes who are, you know, adults who are a lot of them going into business for themselves, Mm -hmm. often inventors of different products or SaaS services usually. Um, And I just had so many of them coming up to me saying, do you consult? This is a great class. Do you consult? That finally, you know, I said no. And there's only so many times you say no before you're, before you say yes, right? So, um, so it was originally um, driven from that, and then I just, you know, kind of put in a really good effort to stock my LinkedIn. Like I love LinkedIn; I think it's the greatest invention, um, just because it is, you know, business minded. Yeah. Um, and all social channels are all about intent. Well, everyone's using LinkedIn when they care about work somehow. So I really like that. And I, I definitely reached out to people I knew in the past to see if they had what connections they had. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily that I was going to work with, with a Samsung at this point in my career. But do does do those people know someone? And it's it's shocking how many people know people who know mm-hmm. a person who know a guy who could, who needs that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so right. That was really surprising to me. So being, you know, with your marketing background, you obviously, you know, have a pretty good handle on, and I'm sure talk to people about, you know, figuring out uh, client personas and who's, who you're working with and all that. Did you think about that ahead of time and say, these are the classes that I'm going to choose to teach because they're full of people that are, you know, in my, you know, target market. I wish. I wish. <laughs> Where no, were that you a on great that? Idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, right now I'm actually building a book of courses that I'm going to have on my own website and sell on yeah. an ad hoc basis. So okay. you can come in, you can subscribe if you want. And there's going to be a lot of great content on there that's being built currently. But if you don't subscribe, you can one off just like just social media, just Facebook ads, right? Like mm-hmm. as nitty gritty as you want to be. So um, I'm building that myself, but I was really kind of a slave to you know, working through another organization and teaching through them, it was whatever content they had, I would Mm. just always say yes, right? And I was just, they pay me to teach. So I was always eager to teach. But, (laughs) but, you know, it was was definitely more kind of probably the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's right. I mean, well, and that's, that's part of the um, conversation I I like to have is, you know, it's, it's all about the journey. Everybody's, you know, sort of journey into entrepreneurship and business ownership is different. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we uh, spend a lot of time by ourselves as entrepreneurs and you forget that, you know, there are other people experiencing the same thing or walked a similar path mm-hmm. to you and, you know, whatever. So anyway, it's good. It's all helpful. And not everybody did it the same way, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. Especially so. now. I mean, yeah. literally my whole shtick is technology makes it so easy for anyone to do anything. Yeah. Imagine trying to start a business in like the 1980s. Forget it. Right. It took me 
five minutes with a credit card to file with the Secretary of State. Like, it didn't take much, but back in the day it did. And so you had to put a lot more kind of of those, you know, pre-thinking pieces into it. I am a huge, huge, huge nerd. Um, I am a database marketer, so I am a data forward, spreadsheet forward, statistics kind of marketer, and I definitely did that to an extent with my own business. Yeah. Um, but I have certain things that I believe in, which above all are just efficiency, right? So I'm not writing a whole business plan. If anyone wants to finance my business and requires a 30-page business plan, I don't <laughs> want their money, right? <laughs> you can do a one-page business plan. There are all these agile things we do now that yeah. make business so much easier and quicker to do. Um, but I definitely looked at, you know, what is what is the market for taking these big global national ideas that I've been implementing for these bigger companies mm-hmm. um, and and distilling that down for for, you know, locally. And when you look at the Colorado state economy, at least when I did in 2018, it was already 90 percent small business driven. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. thought, well, there's the there's the market right there. And so really, for me, what I wanted to do before I jumped in was just figure out my financial model. Am I going to be able to sustain myself feed myself and pay my bills yeah, <laughs> and also serve the smaller business and just had to find a way to balance that, which I think I did pretty effectively. And, and then I think the hardest thing from there is, you know, especially when, you know, I wasn't like a seasoned salesperson, it was more of a seasoned marketer. So doing my own sales, you get those great conversations and you're talking to someone and they're like all in, but they don't have the funds. And I had to get very realistic very quickly on this just isn't enough to pay for the time I need to put in to feed myself. And I think that's a totally fair way of looking at Mm -hmm. it. But for me to feel more comfortable, A, knowing where that line was, but B, then having that conversation with someone, um, I had to plan it in advance. So I did look at what's going to be realistic for people. What are other rates that, you know, similar consultancies or agencies are charging? Mm. And how do I kind of come in below those rates, deliver still something spectacular for the small business, and then also, you know, be okay at the end of the day? Yeah. So, uh, so being a big, huge nerd, uh, to <laughs> yes. quote you, uh, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, I'm best, I'm betting you're relatively process oriented, uh, in certain oh, ways. Oh, for sure. Right? For sure. So, in some well, ways. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that comes with being a marketer too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, so do you have a process for finding, you know, I mean, you talked about podcasts and kind of word of mouth kind of stuff. What about like one-to-one referrals? Like, oh, I know Phil. Phil introduced me to this person. This person now is because this person needs me. Do you have a process for finding those kind of individual people? Um, You know, it's funny. I probably don't create enough process around that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that at least so far in my experience, it's actually been pretty efficient. So as long as you have a process or a plan for understanding like once the conversation has presented itself, how you then conduct yourself in that conversation. As long as I have the actual conversation planned ahead, I've done enough thinking about what are the problems people in all these different industries face and what are some of those talking points that I have to you know bring to the table. As long as I'm preparing for that second step, mm-hmm. um, I actually try not to over-process the front end of it, right? So I meet someone like Phil and I say, ooh, this guy's pretty cool. I'm just going to randomly pick his brain every now and then about who he knows and who he's talked to. And then I got connected with you. Sure, <laughs> so, sure, yeah. So it's, you know, I think it's, if you weigh yourself down too much in process across the board, 
you're going to be less efficient, right? Because you're trying to check all these boxes or jump through all these hoops to get there. And I think it's more, you know, have the conversations, but be process oriented when it comes to recognizing the warning flags, knowing when someone's really leaning towards like, this isn't going to be a good fit for them for any number of reasons. And just seeing that earlier. So I think it's more about being disciplined in the conversation. At least it's been this way for me, right? I don't know if that, that's probably not true for everybody. But for me, it's have all the conversations in the world. Um, I'm kind of a golden retriever of humans, so I'll talk to anybody <laughs> about anything. So it's do that. Be that person, right? Let that part of your personality out. And then when it comes to you know evaluating an opportunity, be realistic and know in advance these are good signs, these aren't great signs, and be able to identify those in the moment. I think one one thing um, that stuck out to me when you were talking there is, you know, throughout some of the conversations that we've had um, with other people, it's, you know, just being authentic and, you know, whatever is, you know, comfortable for you and something, I mean, obviously, you know, you need to stretch and get out of your comfort zone sometimes, but there's a lot of times where, you know, there, there's uh, something that you have a, you know, innate ability to do things. And for, you know, for you, it's connecting with people and going out and saying, you know, I'm going to have conversations with all these folks. And that's not super easy for, for everybody. Sure. Um, but yeah. if it works for you, then go do it. And, you know, then you can kind of distill it down from there and, yeah. and evaluate it later. But Well, and that's what it's about, right? Like that's an obvious strength of mine. So it's efficient for me to let that strength play out <laughs> mm-hmm. and plan those pieces of the process that are not my strength which are the ones right i just listed and if you're the complete opposite i think the the opposite would work right let the pieces that come naturally to you go naturally yeah and let the pieces that you need a little more discipline to focus yourself around them like be disciplined in those pieces yeah interesting so have you gotten um like uh referrals from your existing clients where they're like, you did an awesome job. Now let me introduce you to these other folks. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's, that's been a consistent loop. Um, and even for, for any clients, I would say at least, at least half or more of my prior clients. That's how I have my existing ones. Yeah. Um, it's very common. And I think that's a testament more to, you know, you start a relationship from the get go being really honest, really genuine, you know, like really be showing up to help someone mm. with solve their problem. Right. That's what we're in it for, no matter what we do. And yeah. so um, starting in the relationship that way and then fighting hard during the relationship, during the length of a contract to deliver good work mm-hmm. that you're proud of, that they're proud of. And that move their needle a little bit, I think, you know, or, or a lot bit, ideally. But even if it's only a little bit, never let it be less than that. Yeah. Um, and if you do those things, people will do that, especially when in my line of work now that I'm focusing on smaller businesses, they often don't have the funds to keep me on. So I make it a big part of my job and my objective with every client to teach them, right, to give mm-hmm. them the tools. If they hire me for SEO, I'm going to teach them how to use SEMrush or Moz or, you know, Google Search Console. I'm going to teach them those things so that when I leave, they don't just have now a gaping hole in SEO. They have the ability to do it. Sure. Um, and that has really generated referrals. And I would say the only time there was maybe two times where I had clients that I knew, like one was because of an acquisition. So they were just completely upheaving everything they were doing and the way they were operating. And so I knew they weren't going to come back and, um, you know, it's very rare that that happens, but even in those instances, I I ask for 
like a testimonial basically oh, cool. that yeah. I can use. So that way, even if, and I ask them for permissions of how I want to use it mm-hmm. just so it's super transparent again, building that trust. Um, and even on the way out, even if I know they're, I'm never going to hear from them again, they're never referring anyone else to me. Like it's just not in the stars. Um, at least I have that to use yeah, that then yeah. other people can see and they know I'm sharing their, their Testament. So where do you like to get those testimonials? And or where do you, you know, like Google, Facebook, LinkedIn? Yeah, I mean, I usually, like, when I've done it, it's been, I get them all from my clients, and okay. I ask them directly. So I actually don't, I mean, if, if don't I... You don't provide it through the one of those things that no, you just... Okay. I haven't yet. And you know what's funny is I get the value of it. I like, <laughs> online digital referrals are a piece of my business. Yeah. Um, I just haven't needed to use that yet. But, um, yeah, so far I just... I, I, and again, that probably speaks to personality too, right? Again, like playing on strengths, like I love talking to people. So yeah. the odds are I'm going to be really happy taking the time out of my day to connect with them personally and mm-hmm. say, hey, it'd be really great, you know, to have this kind of message. And is it okay to use it on my social and on my website and yeah. in my emails? And they usually say yes. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Total sidebar. I, I send out, um, okay, not all the time, but I send out requests for recommendations and, uh, and I usually use LinkedIn, um, although I've been trying to get our Google, uh, you know, page a little bit, you know, beefed up. So, yeah. um, but anyway, I had sent out uh, a request for a recommendation like five years ago, maybe five and a half. Back it, when that was the thing on and, LinkedIn, which I'll put a pin yeah, in that, but yeah. I totally forgot about it and they never responded. Oh, whatever, you know. And I just got an email like two weeks ago. And they were like, hey, sorry, this got buried in my you know, <laughs> inbox. And then they wrote a review and a recommendation. And I was like, wow, that Thank is, you. So I got buried in their inbox. How much time did they just spend cleaning up their inbox yeah, I know, to right? actually find something that old? Right? Oh, I have gotten stuck. Have you ever gotten stuck in your LinkedIn inbox? Yeah. Because you get so many, and I was like, I'll be darned if I can't clean this out. Because I'm like, I'm a zero inbox kind of person. Like, I have really big folder systems in my email, and so everything gets filed. So if I have anything in my inbox, like right now I think I have eight total emails in there that have all been read and most responded to, but I just want to keep as like a to-do list. Yeah. Otherwise, I want every inbox just cleared out for like this, my sanity. So I've done that. I've gotten stuck for hours, like just on a laptop, you know, while I'm watching, you know, the man. DeLorean and I'm just like going through LinkedIn like someday I'll get to the bottom there's probably 10,000 messages oh in there. I'm oh, never yeah, getting to yeah, exactly. I tried that one time because I'm a yeah. zero inboxer too and uh, and oh my god I'm an archiver right so everything goes if it's if it's, yeah. if it's not done it's it's uh, or if it's done it's archived it's, so it just kind of goes right yep LinkedIn doesn't really have something like that so you gotta actually go and see it and look at it and then trash it or whatever and I've, but yeah, hours I've spent. And the parents like, dude, screw this. I am done with this. This is not just, yeah. just not happening. Sucks you in. It yeah. sucks you in. Oh, absolutely. But to your point, and I want to bring this up. So being the nerd that I am, right? Yeah. So I would actually start getting really tactical about people who would say like, oh, yeah, I prefer LinkedIn as my means of reaching out. And it does have that mechanism to request um, referrals and to request, um, I guess, testimonials. I forget what they call them on there. But. Yeah. It has recommendations, I think they call it. Yeah, I think so. But LinkedIn, so when I look at any platform, any like Facebook, LinkedIn, any social media, it doesn't matter, uh, but especially LinkedIn, what I do is I focus on cracking the algorithmic code. So all of those platforms, different actions you take on LinkedIn 
do different things on your profile. So, mm. for example, if I really wanted referrals or if I had a message, anything, honestly, any message I wanted to like have out widespread, yeah. I start publishing LinkedIn articles. Why? Because of where those show up automatically in your profile, mm. if you have a couple of them, and how they show up in your activity feed, you're actually tapping multiple LinkedIn algorithms when you use articles instead of posts. Right. So they're like these little hacks like that that I always mm. use. So when I think about why don't you use LinkedIn in that, it's because I'm, I'm thinking too much about the back-end algorithm. And right. like, well, that's actually not the best way to get the most visibility front or impact from that referral. Right. If I get the referral from my client, I get permission, and then I post it as an article article and put it in some context, now I get into way more LinkedIn algorithms and it tends to generate, uh, you know, cast a wider net. So sure. that's the way I look at so. platforms, which is probably psychotic on many levels. No, but I think no. it's a, a really important way to look at anything kind of technology or social media based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's super important. Um, and I, I never thought about that. <laughs> I, I really, what I um, was trying to do when I was, you know, asking for recommendations on LinkedIn was you know, people view your profile a lot. And, you know, whenever I meet somebody, I'm like, oh, what's their LinkedIn profile look like? And I'll go there. And if it's, you know, non-existent, I'm like, oh, red flag, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. or if it's, you know, not well put together or whatever, but I'll always go down to the recommendations and see what other people are, you know, their partners, their clients, their, you know, whoever um, are saying about them. And so I have had experiences in the past where, um, you know, I think I have like maybe 50 or something recommendations on, on LinkedIn. Um, and I, I know people that have like thousands, so I'm not saying 50 is a lot, but I mean, um, I'm impressed, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I now know, I feel guilty. I think <laughs> I need to go home and write you one. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but I've had experiences where people will actually, um, look at my LinkedIn profile and, before we have a meeting and then we'll have a meeting and they're like, Oh, I was looking at your profile and you look so, you know, everybody was saying such great things about you. And I've actually had people bring referrals and introductions to a meeting yeah. based on that. And they're like, here, I prepared this for you. And I was like, wow, that that's crazy. That's and great. Yeah, I got a, it's like a dog getting a cookie. I'm like, I'm going to do that more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah. it's so true. And I actually joined a thing not to get too LinkedIn heavy, but um, if, for those listeners where it's useful, um, especially if you're in a services kind of role mm -hmm. or independent contract or anything like that, um, and you're looking for business, they have a tool called ProFinder. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So as a professional, so me as a digital marketer, you know, business technologist trying to help people with that, I register on LinkedIn as a as a pro, and then it goes into a loop for ProFinders. Now it's kind of cool on a couple of levels. When I need to find someone I want to subcontract work to. Um, so like graphic design or, you know, web developers, things like that. Um, I can use ProFinder as a user and I can search graphic designers and I can find one, mm -hmm. right, which is pretty neat. I'll actually get a bunch. Um, LinkedIn will kind of spray that message out to people they think are algorithmically relevant. Yeah. Um, but um, and then vice versa, people can find me that way when they need digital marketing. Yeah. So I've gotten a few um, a few meetings from that. No, no signed clients yet, but I only started doing that a couple months ago. Um but to do it, you needed at least three of your referrals or your recommendations from peers um, had to have come in within the past. I forget the number exactly. I think it was like two months or something recent. Oh, okay. So I actually had to go back into that because basically the way that, you know, LinkedIn kind of prefer, you know, preference the recommendation section a couple of years ago is different than it does now. Hmm. So I use those other methods, you know, because they would tap these algorithms more. But then I did I did end up going back and getting more recommendations just to fit into ProFinder. So you cool. never know when it'll be useful. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, so 
yeah, we kind of got down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we did. Yeah, right. The LinkedIn <laughs> rabbit hole. Which, which is awesome because I think LinkedIn is such a powerful tool, as right. we mentioned before. And obviously, we're all fans of it because we've been talking about it for like in the last few minutes. Um, but what are some other ways that, you know, actually, before I ask that, um, I want to go back to something you said before where I'd asked about getting referrals from your existing clients. You said you got a ton of referrals from existing clients that you did a good job for, and then they introduced you to somebody else. Do you ask for those? introductions or do they just offer them up um definitely a combo of both okay and i think it's a if if you want them to offer them right because that's obviously the easier method Mm -hmm. (laughs) right it's less work for you so if you want that to happen it really has to come from the quality of work that you're doing yeah right um but i think it's really important to be clear on the fact that you you have to ask and it's okay to ask right so i try to look for moments where I'm getting positive feedback in the moment Mm -hmm. and that will be, you know, I'll feel out the minute, but like, that'll be the day, the hour, the, at least the day, right. That I ask for that referral. Yeah. Like, Hey, looking for a couple new clients, if you know anyone, because I know we're already like currently in a mindset that's super positive and I'd rather carry that positivity. So typically if I deliver something big and they're like, yay, this is exactly what we needed. That's when I ask. Um, and, and, to be fair, it does feel really awkward initially, at least to start doing that. I am not a salesperson at all. I am a nerd person. I am a do you know study you know person. I'm, and I love talking to people. And yeah. I have throughout my career consistently been placed by the companies I work for in sales or sales support roles because they see this personality trait, and it's. For me, it comes from a very nerdy place if I just get really excited about data and marketing and I want to <laughs> tell everybody. And so I, I just get really excited. But um, sales is hard for me. Like, it is hard. I hate asking people for things. Even when you sign a client, you're asking them for money that they agreed in a contract to pay you. But yeah, it just yeah. I have this immense deeply ingrained Catholic guilt. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, but it's in there. And so... That's a different podcast. Yeah. Though, you, know? <laughs> but you have to find ways to overcome that because yeah. there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with being asked. And I know when people have asked me that, you know, so for example, and totally kind of shifted gear, I'm the president elect for the American Marketing Association, Colorado chapter this okay. year. So I'll be president next year um, as of July, it's coming July. And, you know, I'll meet people through that or I'll be working with other members of the board. And whenever anybody says the opposite to me and says like, hey, you know, like I'd really appreciate a referral. How do I feel about that? I feel like the most flattered person in the world when someone asks me to send them a referral. Yeah. Can I send them somebody? And so I, I get so excited and, you know, like absolutely. I mean, there's something innate in human nature. Like when we like people, we want other people to meet them. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely think it took a while to get past the guilt portion of right. it. But just just do it. I mean, honestly, there's no trick. There's no anything. Just do it. Just make a mental note. Next compliment I get, I'm asking for that referral um, because it gets easier over time and it, and it works. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, so I, incidentally, just as an aside, <laughs> I am the current president of the marketing Alliance. Uh, oh, yeah. well, we're throwing so events we're doing with it, you. Yeah, right, exactly, Fourteeners, right, yeah. we just got that kicked oh, off. Yeah, so, so. Yeah, they were. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Ian, we've been sitting yeah. in this room. I know, hard. right? Seriously, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's yeah. so great. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have an upcoming mixer in December yep. if anyone's interested. That's right, uh, absolutely. <laughs> nice, joint nice. mixer, little yeah. family feud theme. That's right, should be yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah, it should be good. Yeah. 
Oh, we love you guys. Someday we'll just have to merge forces, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm super happy that you said that you are asking for referrals, and I'm also happy that you said that it was challenging and that you (laughs) worked through it, because I think there's a lot of people that we talk to and that are listening now that, um, that that have some head trash around that, that feel that they can't ask or that they're going to offend somebody or that their clients are somehow different or they aren't, aren't going to respond that way, uh, you know, respond the way that they want them you to. You hear that a lot. No, my business is different. <laughs> yeah, uh, total and, garbage. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not, right? I mean, that's it the is. thing is that it's like, yeah, to, so yeah, to your point. But yeah. people aren't, human nature is human nature. Right. And I think it's just as much human nature to not want to put other people out, which is for some reason the way we kind of instinctively approach that situation, mm-hmm. um, you know, as it is to to open up and to to be a source of referrals and to to help each other. So yeah. it's this very strange dichotomy, like as much as it is human nature to help each other, it's also human nature to shy away from asking each other right. for favors when in fact we all want to help each other. So it's, yeah. it's a really bizarre balance. But I, I mean, there are so many people who... You know, and I listen to a ton of podcasts, obviously I'm here, but, um, (laughs) you know, there are so many conversations, you know, in sales that I hear that talk about that, you know, and for me it was to get into the habit. I I kind of realized, recognized, I just have to get in the habit of asking so that I'm not scared of it anymore and I'm not Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with it anymore. Yeah. And to get into that habit, I just studied the heck out of, like, human psychology and I tried to, for me that works because I'm such a nerd, I want to see things logically so it's like, okay, what are these logical, just human behavioral proven time and again, psych reasons that people say and do and react certain ways. So if I recognize that it becomes science and then it's just, oh, now is the time to ask. And so I kind of needed to make it a formula yeah. just to trick myself into feeling comfortable with it. I love that. But it took what, three, four times of actually doing that to be like, right. okay, I can just ask. Like, it's not that scary. So yeah. um, it's more like psyching ourselves out, finding the tools we need to get started. It's just like going on a diet. Like, find a diet that actually you don't hate <laughs> to, to actually do it for 30 days, right? Yeah. So it's kind of a similar. But then there's your process, right? And so, I mean, you've you figured out that, you know, like that you get a compliment, you ask for a referral, right? I mean, the two go hand in hand because of these reasons, right? Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, I mean, so kind of having, figuring out some way that, to your point, figuring out some way that works for you. Right. I mean, whatever that is, find a way that you don't hate it. If it's when yeah. you're super stoked and everybody's, you know, giving high fives and thanking you for the good work and you say, hey, who else do you know? Right. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, that's fantastic. If it's when uh, if it's when the deal's signed, be like, all right, fan- thanks. Pull the paper away and now list five people that I can talk to. That's a, that, I mean, that that might be fine for other people, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah. For sure. I think, uh, you know, we don't. um we don't always talk about like educational topics or like tips and tricks and things like that on, on the podcast. But, um, I think this might be one of those opportunities where I think that's a, you know, a good thing to talk about because, um, you know, having some sort of process or, or thing that you do to prepare for the ask. And, you know, it, yeah. cause I think a lot of times, um, when you, like you said, people want to help you out, but if I get asked just, you know, randomly, Hey, who do you know, um, that needs marketing services? I start to draw a blank. I'm like, I know a ton of people, I, I, a ton of people, but I don't necessarily 
I haven't been thinking about that. You know, I was thinking about what I'm going to, you know, drink at the bar after we get done <laughs> the podcast. You know? like, <laughs> I'm in for a cocktail. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm like, I'm on a different, you know, train of thought. And then I get hit with a question. I'm like, oh, I don't, deer in headlights. I don't know. Right. Um, so one of the things I, I was thinking of is, you know, you can, there's a couple of ways to kind of ease into it. And, you know, sometimes you can use thought joggers where it's like, Hey, you know, who do you know that maybe matches these attributes of my ideal client? And, you know, who do you know that is, you know, growing their business? Who do you know that's trying to expand into a different market? Who do you know that's, you know, um, opening a new office or something like that, which would all be like, you know, inflection points where they'd, you know, want to bring you in. Um, or the other thing is that, and this is sort of the, you know, uh, the best thing is be prepared with somebody specific that you want yes. to be introduced to that, you know, that that person can make right. an introduction for. Um, and this is something, you know, we talk about in Firestorm is, you know, targeted referral requests. Right. <laughs> um, cause it, you know, like you said, people want to help you out. It just, you have to make it so easy for you them have to, to make say it yes. easy. Yeah. 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 And yeah. not to keep circling around LinkedIn, but that's where, you know, I mean, you get to look at who they know, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. do you do that when you like oh, when you're 100%. working with a client, you one know, of see the, who they know? Absolutely. And one of the first things I invested in was Sales Navigator because you can you can look at other people's profiles, they can't yeah. necessarily see yours, uh-huh. and you can also message people through in-mail that you're not connected to. So that was a, that was a, and you get access to LinkedIn learning, which is formerly lynda.com that you can learn anything on that thing. So worth it. Worth every penny. If there's anything that's ever worth every penny, it's that, but it's even, I mean, Google it, right. Mm -hmm. It's not a LinkedIn thing, but like, no, to your point, like know yourself, know the business you're in, because if you don't know yourself inside and out, first of all, it's going to be really hard to convince someone else to, that they should hire you. Right. That's going to be tough. And second of all, like, you know, especially for me, when I look at it, like I do SEO, email, infrastructure, ops infrastructure, um, you know, down to social media. So I have to really see warning signs of like someone needs help with any one of these very area like disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be prepared to recognize those signs, like you said, of like, this is my ideal client and go into any room or any situation with that in your back pocket because then you don't have to worry so much about when the moment organically pops up. You're just going to be ready for it. Yeah. Um, there's no amount of, if you're going to a networking event, like I don't know what the TMA or maybe the AMA, sure. uh, <laughs> right. if you're going to an event, like do that. And why not reach out to Ian and say, Hey, saw your <laughs> charge the TMA over here. Do you guys give out, you know, lists of, of attendees? Could I get access to that? Like just ask the question, um, and prepare yourself for any conversation that, you know, you could just prepare yourself as much as possible. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no such thing to me as, as too little or t- sorry, too much preparation. There is a thing. As too little. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no such thing as too much. Um, and then, then you can be more comfortable in the moment because you're not so worried about these details. They're just there and yeah. you're ready with them. And that's a good way to roll. Nice. Do you have any uh, recommendations for, well, I'm going to ask you for recommendations for a few things. Um, so, but since you brought up ne- networking events, um, how do you, and I want this to be sort of a evergreen podcast, so let's not say, you know, like, oh, this thing on this day, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like how, you know, what are some things that you would look for in an event? Um, maybe, you know, the types of attendees, where would you go to find good quality networking events and, and how do you 
decide what a good quality event is. I would obviously go to Firestorm (laughs) first (laughs) and foremost, um, clearly. But but for a reason, right? You're, You're relevantly putting people together that you know, I serve needs and have needs that are really complementary. So finding something like that, that's really thoughtful in its approach, I think is really important. Um, You know, like things like just to reference them, like American Marketing Association, you know, like that exists for marketers to network with other marketers. So what is it going to be good for? It's going to be good for career growth. We're going to have a lot of like tips, tricks, tools, handouts, printouts, things you can keep. I think this week's, you know, was a SEO keyword sheet, like kind of tracker that is just free to members that we email out every other week or so. Um, So there's like, I mean, if your goal is I want to be immersed in other like-minded people and also grow my career or grow a skill set, like that's a relevant group. So I think using that as the example, it would be find groups that are doing something that are really, you know, speak to that, that goal that you have, right. And think about it in terms of goals and say, okay, I know that I have career growth. I know that I have business growth. So look for those events. And I would say like, look for if, especially if you're looking at attending conferences, especially small business owners or entrepreneurs, like go to those. I think there's something so valuable, even just again, psychologically in showing up to an event that's entirely designed to pump you up. Yeah. Do it. It's mm-hmm. worth the money. Do it, right? So when we can go to events right. um, at a future date. <laughs> yeah. But doing those things, I'll, hands down, the best conference I ever attended in my life was actually when I was at Merkel, and it was a email conference, mm. Email Insider. And um, they had it biannually. In the winter, it was in Park City. In the summer, it was on, like, a boat in Florida on the islands. And... Um, it was literally designed to bring together clients, vendors, um, and agencies, um, and technology platforms, put them all in a room. It's intentionally kept small, so you knew that it wasn't just going to be a massive influx of people where you're walking around a co- and you're on an expo hall with your tag backwards because you don't want to talk to people all yeah. the time, and there's thousands. It was limited. To, I think it was less than 300 people. It was very oh, wow. limited. Oh. And our literal, you know, um, networking opportunities were on snowmobiles, on a ski lift. They actually built those into the day. So think about the conversation you're going to have with someone on a ski lift versus at an expo center, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have a different conversation. It's going to be really genuine and meaningful when you're sharing this activity together. Um, I was actually just on a podcast the other day with someone I met at one of those, and we stayed, you know, in touch personally and professionally for years. Um so you never you just get this genuine connection. And I think, you know, I definitely subscribe to if you want to be good at sales at any level, small business enterprise, genuinely connect with people because people make decisions and people are at the crux of the whole thing. Right. Your operation, yeah. their operation is people. So connect with people genuinely. Um, so I look for really experiential organizations or networking opportunities personally to to make sure I skip all the nonsense and I go right to that yeah. genuine connection. Cool. That's awesome. I yeah. kind of want to get an invite to that. I don't do anything with email marketing, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, it, was, it <laughs> is awesome. great. It is yeah. great. And then they take videos and they have like the worst wipeouts. And so it's just yeah. nice. Everyone by the end of it is just bonded. Over yeah. It. It's wonderful. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> Um, okay. Second thing, uh, if you could think back to when you started your business, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself, uh, at day one that you think would, you know, help you grow faster, you know, or, you know, skip some of the pitfalls? 
Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of talked about it. I definitely, if I could sum it up, it would be fearless, right? I don't, I think it took me a while to get over the hump of asking for a referral when I had business. It took me a while to ask for business when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to come to terms with even quitting my corporate job and doing that full time. And at the, the one common denominator of all of those things was just my own darn fear. So I would say I wish, and, and I, I think I heard it. I think I listened to enough podcasts. I read enough books. I would immerse myself in like-minded people who did it, who talked to you and say, do it, just do it. Just put your feet in it. Like you've got yeah. this. And you, you literally just need to do it and do it sooner. I think, you know, looking back on it, the only times business has been slow, even in light of a global pandemic, the only times business has been slow or things haven't gone according to plan is when I held back because I was afraid. Mm-hmm. of something yeah. sometimes it's the unknown sometimes it's about having to do something that you're uncomfortable with but nine 99.99 percent of the time it was because i was afraid so i would say just be fearless <laughs> love it nice. yeah. all right last thing which i guess kind of goes along with that one but uh something that you would tell uh our listeners you know just a piece of device, something that they can take away from this podcast? What What's something you want to... Absolutely. Go to www.insightdcs.com. There you right? Go. But don't be afraid to ask <laughs> for it. Um, That's right. There you go. <laughs> I was going to ask you that anyway. I was going to so. say that was going to be the next question. So, you know. I'm not afraid to ask <laughs> yeah. myself, though. So, um, no, one piece of advice, if it's not, be fearless and literally... You know, we are our biggest enemy. I do believe that. Like, get out of your own way. You got this. Um, It would be surround yourself with people that you want to become. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's also a tendency, at least maybe for me, I was an athlete my whole life until very recently. Now I'm just feeling old. But, um, you know, being an athlete, you know, you're always competing. Mm -hmm. And I think it feels kind of natural to look at, like, business is a competition as well. Like you're competing against other agencies to get people's business. And like, um, don't look at that way. Uh, look at the agency that you want to be and go meet and network with that person too, that owner too, right? The, the level of growth you want to be someone who grew their business in the way that you want to grow yours, someone who's doing something right now that you want to be doing and surround yourself with those people. Even to come on this podcast, what I did was listen to a bunch of other podcasts. And I was like, if I just, even in the background, I just have podcast on a loop, then maybe when I show up today, I'm going to be a little more eloquent. So (laughs) just from listening to people talking all the time. So, you know, those things are, don't shy away from or over compete away from, you know, meeting really good people, but surround yourself with the people you want to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Good advice. I mean, that's all we do to run this podcast is just listen to other podcasts. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, and even the act of like sitting down here with other people and talking to them, like you don't even need, you know, a a general plan on that. It's just let people come in and chat. Like you're just surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah. That's all you need to do. That's the whole point. Well, uh, okay, so you gave your website. What else? How else can people find you? LinkedIn? (laughs) Yeah, LinkedIn, Christy LaPlante. Um, It's French for the plant. So easy to find, um, insightdcs.com. And hopefully someday COVID has helped. I will finish writing this book called From Strategy to Intent. So you will find it self-published on Amazon. It is just a pet project of mine that I wanted to get into the universe. But I really do believe that technology made us closer, not more distant from each other. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of made 
connections more genuine somehow. So you can read about that. Sweet. Beautiful. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you yeah. so much. Great chat with you. Absolutely. It was a great time. Yeah. Now I, now do I get my Pizza Hut pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's what I'm in it for. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> Thank right. you, guys. All right. All thanks, right. Christy. See you at the next one. <laughs> That was another awesome episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in, and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate you sharing it with all your friends as well. Absolutely. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast as well. That definitely helps us with our ratings and with our rankings and whatnot and uh, helps us get in front of more people. We're dropping fresh episodes every Thursday morning. So tune in every week and we look forward to hearing you next time. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.